0: You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode three, Anne-Marie Davies, part one. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. On this episode, we have Anne-Marie Davies, a.k.a. the Queen of Sexy. Anne-Marie is an OG poller who originally discovered pole dance in 2002 while performing as a stripper, and she is still an influential and undeniable force in the pole community today. She is the co-creator of the Bringing Sexy Back campaign, founder of United Pole Artists, and an expert performer and teacher of Sensual Dance. Anne-Marie had so much amazingness to share that her interview was a two-parter. In this episode, we discuss Anne-Marie's experience witnessing the birth and growth of the pole dance community over the past 14 years, the history of contemporary pole dance, what makes someone sexy, and what inspired her to start United Pole Artists. So without further ado, here is Anne-Marie Davies. Let
1: me see that cash. Wanna see this asked? Let me see that cash.
0: Welcome, Emory Davies, to the Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank you so I'm much awesome. for joining us. Good. Yeah. Um, so we'll jump right in. Uh, you sure are good. one of the few original OG pollers who is still quite active in the poll community today. <laughs> Um, But for actually how long have you been pole dancing
1: and how did you first discover pole? I've been pole dancing since 2002. So currently that's 14 years. And I discovered the pole because I I started off as a stripper and I didn't want to be a stripper to be a pole dancer. I wanted to be a stripper (laughs) to make money. And then, um, you know, I saw what the girls did on the pole and because I have a background in gymnastics, cheerleading and dance, I thought, oh, that'll be, you know, that'll be a nice new thing for me to do and try. And so I started pulling because I was a stripper first.
0: Oh, and were there um, studios
1: around in 2002 or not really? You kind of just did Did you not teach yourself here in L.A.? Oh, definitely. Definitely teaching myself. Yes. Okay. For many years. For five and a half years. I was self taught. Oh wow. And this was in Los Angeles. Yes. Okay. Yes, when all did, around.
0: When did Pole Studios start to open? When did you see that happen?
1: Two thousand and six ish. Seven. Right around there. Okay. Right around there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I think one opened in two thousand six, but I didn't find out about it till two thousand seven and the <laughs> timeline's a little iffy, so it might have been two thousand seven. So
0: yeah. Gotcha. Ish. 2006, thousand six, seven ish. Okay, so yeah. it you know, not that long ago, like no. nine, ten years ago. No. Yes. Okay, so then you are the perfect person to ask how have you seen the community evolve and uh over the past ten years?
1: That's interesting, because I feel like the community sort of spends its time on a bit of a roller coaster. Um, I don't feel like it's evolved and just kind of gone into one place. Um, I feel like, you know, we hit this really big spike in 2008 and nine, and then we just plateaued. And so in two 2000- thousand eight and nine it was very you know anti-stripper anti-sexy and then and that was during a major growth spurt for us and then in about 2010 11 and 12 we sort of plateaued and that was when everyone was really comfortable with the sexy style and that's where we saw all types of pole dancing start to emerge people doing um ballerina pole dancing, people doing, you know, mixing all different kinds of genres. And it was during that time where it was like, well, we're doing it more than just modern and contemporary and fitness style. We're doing it in all these different styles. And sexy was embraced how as it should be. Mm -hmm. And and now we're on this spike again, right now, currently, where there's a lot of like, if you'll notice, there's a lot of craziness kind of changes and sort of, um, like this exchange of power in a way. Uh, and it's interesting that it's coming at during this spike of growth that we're seeing. So I feel like it just keeps evolving. It's not really evolved into one thing. It just keeps evolving and growing.
0: And so are you referencing kind of that, um, struggle between the pole fitness and pole dance sexiness. Is that what you're speaking to?
1: Yes. And um, also different brands, especially pole fitness organizations. There seems to be some interesting things happening there. Something I can't talk about. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm sure we'll. All You'll hear about that soon. Yeah, time. Um, yeah, and obviously
0: because of your background, you're a big advocate of keeping sexy and pole dance. And um, mm-hmm. I actually heard you in an inter- interview once say that you don't think that the discussion should be around how do we keep sexy and pole dance, but instead how do we incorporate pole fitness into pole dance. And um, I really enjoyed that. And I don't know if you remember that, but it was a moment of brilliance. And
1: <laughs> well, I say a lot of things.
0: So. <laughs> um, I liked it, but it, it uh, came from you were telling an anecdote about um, how pole dance originated um, with a pole and a tent. Do you want to share that
1: story with us? Sure. Sure. I mean, so the particular type of pole dancing that we're di- discussing and that we all practice is pole dancing on a metal pole. Mm-hmm. So I guess a lot of, there's a lot of comments. Well, we, pole derives from Chinese pole and pole derives from malacom. It's like, but we're not doing it on that apparatus. Those apparatuses are all very different. So back in the day, after the hoochie coochie dancers were at their peak, the carnivals started to pop up around the country. And one of the draws at the carnivals was to have girls dancing in these tents where the tents were like specifically. So if you go to a carnival, you go into a tent that's specifically for one thing, right? One of them is the freak tent. One of them is maybe the animal petting zoo tent. And the other one is where the sexy girls dance tent. And, that's also where they used to have signs outside of the tents that say, sexy girls, 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 girls. And that's why strip clubs oh. kind of did that for a very long time because they wanted everyone to know the girls are in here. They're in here because they knew that's where the money, the most money was to be made. And so these tents had to be held up with poles in the center of them as carnival tents do. Mm-hmm. And the sage was in the center of the tent. And the audience was around the tent. And the girls would dance, and they would tend to hold on to the pole because it was there. Because um, I think it was a comfort thing, and I think just they thought, well, it's here. I might as well use it. And the pole actually used to be called a snorting pole because when the girls would grind on the pole, all of the men in the audience would snort like pigs, like That was their way what? of saying, we're enjoying this. We're enjoying this. So they would all go, you know, like, yeah. and snort like <laughs> So they called the pole a snorting pole. Which is, yeah, so when when the tents back in, like, I think the carnivals back in the 70s were kind of, eh, you know, dying down. In the late 70s is where you saw some of the first strip clubs pop up. When they modeled the strip clubs after the tents. Most strip clubs you go into these days have the pole and the stage, in the middle of the room. A lot of them. Yes. And it's kind of modeled off of that old style.
0: I had never heard that. I I heard you tell a brief snippet of that, but I never heard the whole thing.
1: That's so interesting. Yeah. It's actually really hard information to find, believe it or not. It took me a long time to find that information, but I found it. It's in a book. I forget which one. I can find out because I need to read it again. So... Yeah, no, I could.
0: If yeah. if you want to send me that information, I'll I'll put it Definitely in the not show me. notes after because that sounds Definitely. like something I'm sure a lot of us would like to read more about. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so obviously, um, you you stand for keeping sexy and pole dance. I know I already mentioned that, but um, just to it. Coincides. I actually crowdsourced the, uh, the poll parlor Facebook group for questions to ask you during today's interview. Oh, that's yeah, nice. and um, someone had a great question, which was, sure. "In your eyes, what is it that makes a dancer sexy?"
1: Mm, that's really interesting. I answered that in a recent interview. I believe what makes anyone sexy is confidence. Um, I mean, sexy can mean a bunch of different things to people. It can be technically easy to be sexy based on your look or your overall image. But the confidence that you exude is really where sexy, I believe, comes from. So spending your time wielding that power uh, on stage, wielding that confidence. And when I say power, I'm talking in the sense of The power of understanding how free you are when you're that confident and that sexy. Um, So it all kind of starts to go hand in hand. The confidence exudes the sexiness, which creates the power, which creates more confidence. So it's like this circle of sexy, confident power that happens. And um, for me, that's what makes people the most sexy and what how you can use sexiness to your advantage the most is by s- sending a message without your words that I am powerful because I am free to do what I want with my body and I don't care what anyone thinks. So
0: yes. And you and you have the nickname the Queen of Sexy, so you know what the hell yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well you better if you call yourself the queen of anything, you yeah. better
1: know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, so um, you've been dancing now for quite some time, for seven, yes. 17 years. 14, 14 years, years. And math, difficult. Yeah. But yes. And so. Um, I know. <laughs> and so you, at, at what point, for those who don't know, Anne Marie um, started the United Pole Artists, which is a major association in the in the pole community. And I would love to hear more about that. Um, sure. when, when did you start it? What inspired you to start it? What were your intentions when starting it?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, United artists is actually a media company, and a lot of people refer to it as an association, which I'm fine with. Okay. Um, I, and I think that that's partly my fault because United Artists tries to do almost, I mean, as much as it can for the community. So it comes off as an association. actuality, it's a media company. And I, when I started UPA back in 2009, I started it only because I was coming off of being really down about something that had happened in my life. And uh, I had this feeling that I had to do something and I wasn't sure what it was, but I knew it had to do with poll, and I needed to fill this void that I was feeling. And i first thought of a name with no real clue of what i was going to do and it took me three months to come up with a name and then i built a little website it was so crappy it's really funny actually i mean and websites were crappy in 2009 yeah okay. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i just thought well to me, pole dancing is such a beautiful art and not enough people understand what it is that we do or understand the people that do it. So maybe I should inform the masses and the public of what it is that we do. That way, if someone wants to know more about pole dancing, they have a site um, where they can find information. And so I just kind of stuck with that and just kept running with it. And Every other day, I would wake up with a new idea and a new idea. And that's when I came up with the idea of making videos and filming, interviewing people. And that was right back when YouTube was first starting to get big. So I started, I took advantage of that platform and started making interview videos. And then one day, I got the idea to live stream and you know, started doing that before anybody else did it was quite challenging at the time so there was very little information on how to properly live stream back then so it just kept snowballing and growing into what it is now and and it's it's been a really amazing journey
0: and what and so
1: um
0: so what is it now so for those who aren't familiar if you went to upa like why would we go to the website is it we can access classes we
1: can access interviews um what else You can access a lot of different blog entries. We have about 1,700 blog posts on that site now. We have um, videos that can entertain you. We have a lot of information on events, on businesses, and the industry. We have Coming Soon Again is our studio map. Um, It's an international studio map. We took it down to redesign it. It'll be back soon and we have upa.tv now where you can watch now webinars and classes um, from stretch it which is our new stretch it channel from classes from body and pole which is the body and pole studio in new york mm-hmm. classes from the vertitude from here in los angeles california and so hopefully soon some more types of channels so wow. we consider ourselves a media company where you can read watch learn and find out about local businesses and events in your area.
0: Okay. That makes sense. I think, you know, I was trying to think, well, why did I think it was an association or why couldn't I, you know, nail, nail that down originally? And I think because the poll community really is so small and still yes. growing – um, and you have been around for so long that you are involved yeah. in everything, and uh, you see yeah. UPA everywhere. So um, it, it is kind of it gives the sense that you are just kind of like this all encompassing type of a. You know?
1: Yeah, and you know I went through that about a year or two ago, where people are like, "Well, what is UPA?" And I was like, "Hmm, that's a good question." Like, well, and you so do about everything, years, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, because it was needed for a long time. A lot of what we're doing was really needed. And and now I'm able to see what other people are doing and step back and kind of hone in on what it is that we do best.
0: Okay, yeah, I think that's great. Um, You definitely took on a huge burden, but probably being able to focus on the media, I know that's one of your passions. So Yes,
1: definitely, definitely.
0: And to loop it back in, of course, to the sexy. um, Sure. Uh, I first learned of UPA from your Bringing Sexy Back challenge. Yes. Can you – how did that start? And for those who don't know what it is, we I, we did actually speak about it last episode with Carmine Black because it was something yes. she mentioned that she found really inspiring. Um yes. So can you mm. just tell us the history of that? And for those who don't know, yes. give us an overview. Mm.
1: Yes. Um, 2011, 12 – Arlene, Tiffany, Althea, Sarah, Adrian, Mrs. somebody. Yeah, 2000, it must have been 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah. So I was with Althea having a conversation with her at Jumbo's Clown Room one night. Which is, for and- those who
0: don't know, Jumbo's
1: Clown Room Alethe- is like a yep. go-go strip club here in Los Angeles. Yes. And And a lot of pole stars were there that night, and her and I were sitting in a corner, and she was expressing to me her travels, how her travels had been going, and how she thought that there wasn't enough sexy dancing happening at the studios, and how she started to feel disheartened by that, wondering if the sexy was leaving, um, wondering if it would ever come back, if, you know, where it had gone, basically, and... We talked about that at length together that night, and I asked her, would you mind if I wrote something about this one day? And she's like, oh, sure, of course. And so the next day, I had to share something on Facebook through United Polartists, I couldn't find anything. It was like, you know, you know. sometimes Facebook goes through these lulls where there's really nothing interesting. So I'm like, dang it, there's really nothing. And I was like, well, since it's fresh in my head, let me write about this conversation. And I wrote this article up in about 20 minutes, maybe less, about how, where where has the sexy gone? Do we need to bring it back? And at the end of the article, I wrote, you know what? What if we just flood YouTube... With all these sexy videos. And that way, when people search pole dance, they're more likely to get a sexy pole dance video. And and then when I posted it on Facebook, and the response was overwhelming. Uh, We were not expecting it. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, yes, please, let's do this. So my sister, who was working with me at the time, Alex Davies, called me and said, this is the best thing you have ever done. (laughs) And this is turning into something. And so we picked a date, and we made a flyer, and we worked with Alathea and it was just like wildfire it just caught on and kept spreading and and every year it gets bigger and better and, and more exciting so
0: and is it it's a is it a monthly
1: campaign? Is that well, what it, it started is? Off, or is it- yeah, it's it started off as a week and then I was like, okay, now we need to do two weeks because <laughs> it's so much. And now we treat it officially as a two week campaign, but technically it goes on almost the whole month of July. Right after the weekend, the Monday just after fourth of July is when it officially starts. And it pretty much runs into August. So it happens almost all summer, kind of.
0: Okay. Like half
1: the summer, yeah.
0: And so, yeah. essentially, you are encouraging people to post sexy pole dance videos and to use the hashtag um, "bringing sexy back" whatever year. So this yeah, year. we
1: we use hashtag "sexy back" because we wanted to keep it short. So oh, sexy, "sexy back 2016," and then we also use "unite with sexy" to kind of coincide with our other hashtags and our name. And we ask people to share videos and pictures and stories. And we also have a poster model contest every year to choose the next representative. This year, our poster model winner was Tiffany from Scotland. Tiffany from Scotland. Okay. Yeah. We'll look
0: forward to seeing those. Yes. And then you can also, I know that you have some larger component on the website where people can submit full choreographed videos, right? Um, and I don't know if it's just for the bring sexy back or if you do it every month, there's a different theme, but
1: yes, we do have a video (laughs) challenge every month. Yes. Which reminds me, I gotta get on that. (laughs) It starts in March. It goes from March till November. We take off December, January, and February from it. So yes, a video challenge every month.
0: That's cool because I know... Different
1: categories. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Different no. categories. Yeah, Can you give us um, examples of some of the categories just for people listening if they want to start? Sure. Do to
1: start? We do fitness, contemporary. We do a men's only month because we really like to promote them. They're only 20% of our industry. So we really like to make sure they have their special time. Doubles. Storytelling. It's all I can think of off the top of my <laughs> head. And definitely sexy. Definitely sexy. Yes.
0: Awesome. So yeah. yeah, I mean, if you guys aren't on the UPA mailing list already, you should be. You should go over to that website, yes. unitedpoolartist.com, and get on yes. the newsletter list because she you will send out email reminders. Because a lot of times people want an excuse to do some type of performance and to put some yes. effort into something but for an end. <laughs> like, oh, I get to post it, this full routine in this um, certain – with these certain guidelines, storytelling, oh, okay, I can get yeah. this costume, do this. So I just think it encourages I, – I like it because it encourages creativity and it doesn't – people don't have to depend on necessarily partaking in, like, a larger um, production yeah. if they don't want to. But it still encourages people to put their own creativity out there and explore.
1: Yes, and it's also – you know, it's a way for them to be able to gain more recognition for their work. And we've noticed – and, and not only that, they repost, hey, vote for me. So it's it's a circular motion of helping each other. We're giving you the platform. A lot of people are going to come to this. And you help us out by posting that people should vote for you. So it's like you're helping us. We're helping you. Everyone's happy. And I try to do that as much as I can Yeah, through my work. Yeah,
0: And that's good because also – I, I know you said earlier that you one of your objectives with UPA was to be informative for people outside of the community. Mm-hmm. And with this initiative, people posting to their own personal social media accounts or sites, that's a way to kind of get exposure for a community out there. Yeah, um, but exactly. when you know the person, and then you can, you know, it's not like oh, I just saw this random video, but oh, I know Sally from high school, and <laughs> that's really cool. She's doing this. I think it's just a way to elevate the perception and knowledge from, um, yeah. th- the the outside, yeah, who don't know yeah.
1: about you know, Paul, yeah, um, yeah, that is an uphill battle. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh. But one that, one that we're winning. One that we're winning. And that wraps up part one of my interview with
0: Anne-Marie Davies. We'll continue on next week in part two when we chat more about the challenge of changing the public perception of pole dance, her experience as a teacher, and educating people about pole dance through her upcoming documentary, Fistful of Steel. In the meantime, head on over to the blog at poleparlor.com to check out my post-podcast interview with Anne-Marie where she shares some of her favorite music, photos, pole dance video, and more. Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other pole and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.